Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 27 of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. And as you're listening to this, kickoff is just under six weeks away. And as we're recording this, I'm sitting here in a UCF football jersey and a UCF headband, and I'm just ready for it to happen now. So if we could speed it up, if we could speed time up real quick, that would be nice. Um, we'll get into some, some quick news before our big topic of the night. But first, Christian, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. You showed up to my house like dressed like you're expecting Malzahn might put you in <laughs> at some point. I mean, this is like literally you're decked out with the jersey, and I don't even know what you call it, like a headband or whatever. I guess it's a headband. It's just keeping my hair out of my face at this point. I feel like I'm going to post a photo of what you look like with the podcast on Friday, because this is just... I don't... You just started know. eyeing my phone like the I don't photo know could how, be coming yeah, I don't know how I feel second. about that. I'm not, I'm not ready for a photo op right now, but <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I, for some reason, was like, all right, six weeks, oh, okay, he's taking a picture as we're talking. I'm, like, I'm just going to be talking in the picture. This is how this is going to go. It's a great photo. This is going to be horrible. It's a great photo. Um... But yeah, I don't know. I just felt like we're six weeks away, and I'm I'm really feeling. Like we are really close now. Like you, we talked about last week, how six weeks would feel like it being real, and that is definitely the case. So yeah, I mean, what's more real than putting on my UCF jersey for the first time in a long time and doing a podcast? But very but before few, very so that's the thing <laughs> is we're six weeks away, and we're about to get into um, some overs and unders we've we've put together for the 2021 season, but. You know, we were all prepared to do this and, you know, excited about it. And we're still going to get to that. But right, like, an hour before, I think, we started recording here, just everything, like, college football just decided to drop a huge bomb. College football can't relax. College football has been insane this summer. Where, like, why why can't it, why couldn't it have been, like, in the spring? I don't know. Like, this is, like, well, this been, is the time of the been... year where we're supposed to be, like, all right, previewing the season. We're getting, like, we don't have time for this just random realignment news In the last nowhere. three months, we, which I guess we should, okay, so do we say we're recording on Wednesday? No, so that's the, yeah, okay. we're this, recording on Wednesday, so by the time you're listening to this on Friday or whenever you're listening to this, it's very possible that everything we've said or we're saying is going to change, it's going to progress, and yeah, so that's that's your warning right there, but Christian, go ahead and just explain what's going on in college football, because I can't even wrap my head around Yeah, it. no, so basically Texas and Oklahoma want to join the SEC, which, you know, kind of a big deal, <laughs> kind of a big thing to just drop, and at first, when it first dropped, I was like, okay, sure, like, whatever, but then, like... Oklahoma and Texas have not done much to, like, dissuade that this is a thing with their statements. I want to read Oklahoma's statement because it was my favorite. Here was Oklahoma's really uh, revolutionary take on the rumors. The college athletics landscape is shifting constantly. We don't address every anonymous rumor. My favorite part is Texas basically gave the same statement. Greg Sankey, the SEC's AD, AD, or SEC's conference commissioner, not the AD of the conference, (laughs) also basically released the same statement. So... I, I don't know how, like, soon that can happen. But, yeah, Texas and Oklahoma want to join the SEC, and it's probably a thing and, that at some point will happen now. And they want to do that and effectively destroy the Big 12. What do you mean? Now UCF's going to join the Big 12. Join the Big 12. That's why I wouldn't even really talk about this, except that this, like, my head is spinning because there are so many ways this can impact UCF. Like, so say that, I mean, the remaining Big 12 conference, right, if this does happen, which this isn't a thing that could, like, happen like now now i think the earliest not even in the next this like, would, years really. no this was this i feel like if everything was set in motion out it would still take like probably like it would be like the 2024 season at the earliest that they would be like in the sec but either way that's still i mean these things get decided now so you look at the remaining big 12 would be baylor iowa state kansas kansas state oklahoma state tcu texas tech and west virginia if you're uc i, I mean the big 12 is gonna have to add teams if that happens yeah. 
I would assume UCF would be, if not at the top of the list, very close to the top. I don't know how they wouldn't be unless te- unless like the Power Five conferences want to just spite UCF at this point. Well, but that's this. But this but, is the thing: is like the Big Twelve, like adding UCF would make them money. So yeah, but the thing that I'm it, you kind of have to deal with reality versus because like I'm going to be honest, the AAC is just a flat out better conference than that Big Twelve conference I yeah. just listed. I think that's totally fair. But at the same time, AAC schools still get about seven million a year. The Big Twelve I think distributes like thirty five million, which they wouldn't be distributing that if Oklahoma and Texas left. But I also like even if you cut that in half. That's still way more money than you'd be getting in the... I mean, that's still like $18 million a year, which is... So I feel like, yeah, if they come... Because I saw some people on Twitter like, well, the AAC would be a better conference, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but like, at the end of the day, it's about it's about money. Yeah. And if they can get more money to go to the Big 12, they will. And I have to think the Big 12 would... UCF would be one of the teams that gets the call. I think it would be UCF, probably like Houston and SMU, maybe Boise State, maybe BYU. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go. No Cincinnati, you don't think? I don't think Cincinnati fits that region, and I also don't think they add much as far as like recruiting footprint. So I don't. How, how weird would that be, though? What Cincinnati? I don't know. Just, the, yeah. No, how weird will it be when USF is still in the AAC and UCF? Oh, and that's still a given. I think. I don't. I mean, I don't know. That wouldn't be that weird to me. <laughs> just, but then the flip side of this is like the Big Twelve could just totally collapse. The the Pac twelve could come in and steal some team. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, Kansas is actually going to be a. a commodity not for anything they're going to do in football no. but that's still an incredibly valuable basketball program so yeah. it's going to be I, like i don't want to get a ton into it right now because we don't even know what this is literally as we're talking oklahoma state just basically released a statement saying that they now hate oklahoma and want to fight now they twitter do or something. <laughs> so i i don't know twitter's a freaking mess right now i love this this reminds me of like when we you and boy we were little kids and you just wake up in the morning and you read like whatever website and it's like oh yeah yeah, Florida State's thinking about joining the SEC, so we'll see how that impacts the Pac-16. Like, we're, like, right back in that now, where yeah. the realignment stuff well, is just ridiculous. Do you remember, like, I don't even know when this was, but when we recorded the podcast about, like, a potential AAC expansion, like the Super AAC, you, we, we were basically kind of conceding that, like, conference realignment's probably not going to happen anytime soon for yeah. UCF. And then here we are now, like, six this weeks until the season's about to start, and this is just like, oh, yeah, but by the way... I've said we really consistently. I've said really consistently on this podcast and just in life that like I don't think there's an, a path for a group of five teams to go to the Power Five. But I didn't consider in that scenario the SEC rating the Big Twelve. So there you go. There's your freaking path. But the other thing is like, and I don't want to get super into this because, like I said, we just don't. For, by by the time you're listening to this on Friday, this could either be confirmed or dead already. Like yeah. who even knows? But the other thing is, we've got a twelve team playoff on the way. Though, I, don't, I think if it, no if one's denying. Yeah, if it was going to be dead, I think those statements would have been like. This is no truth. Not the, like the oh, most we don't telling, on rumors. The most telling statements to me aren't even Texas and Oklahoma like essentially shrugging their shoulders. It's like Oklahoma State getting pissed off. Texas A and M got pissed <laughs> off. Like those teams wouldn't be mad unless they knew there was truth. My favorite thing too is Texas A and M being like, We like we left the Big Twelve for a reason. Like, don't follow us. <laughs> Texas we didn't is say you chasing A and M across like, the They didn't say you could come too, but that would be fun. I mean Texas Texas Yeah. Texas and Texas A and M as an SEC. Yeah, that, get, that game deciding the SEC West. Did yeah. you see what the new SEC divisions would be? No. I want to pull that up really quick. This is now an SEC podcast, guys. Sorry, <laughs> it just means more. Um, so your SEC East, which, by the way, this conference is brutal. It's, like, I just, it's ridiculous. It's brutal as it is right now, really. Yeah. I mean. And now you're adding Oklahoma and a mid-level P5 team. Um, <laughs> the SEC East, you've got Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, Josh Heupel, and Vanderbilt. <laughs> Josh Heibel's not going to coach the Tennessee by the time all <laughs> yeah, this happens. The SEC West is Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M. The SEC West is suspiciously close to the old Southwestern Conference. Now I'm actually <laughs> looking at it on paper. But 
How would that even work? Because if you're playing eight conference games, you're going to play, what, your seven divisional teams and then one crossover? I guess so, but if you're Florida, say goodbye to everyone in the SEC East again. What do you mean? They can get past Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alabama's going to go from running the SEC West to running the SEC East. So basically in a 12-team playoff, that conference is going to account for six of the playoff spots every year. <laughs> but think about, that's the one last thing I want to say on this, then we get into back to like actual UCF. Although this is UCF related. Is So we're looking Probably. at a 12-team playoff coming pretty soon. That's like not so much a rumor as like confirmed. And they, they've defined it as the six highest-ranked conference champions. If the Big 12, this happens, like, UCF kind of wins either way then. Because either, if the Big 12 falls apart, then the AAC is now the fifth-best conference. Okay. Or if the Big 12 survives really. and takes UCF, then UCF is in the fifth-best conference. Yeah. So they win either way. Could say fourth. Pac-12 is... Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, Pac-12's not great. <laughs> Pac-12's not awesome. But... Yeah, I mean, it'll be, like like we've been saying, by the time you're listening to this, since we're recording this on Wednesday, it's so much Should more. Should we just release the podcast tomorrow? Is that going to throw I mean, off our listeners if we release it a day early? I hope not. I might just release it tomorrow. Let's do it. Never mind, guys. You're listening to this on thir- yeah, Thursday. Yeah, you're listening to this on Thursday, or maybe the next day if you don't listen to it right away. But, yeah, I think it probably, with, like, we're deciding this literally on, on the air right now, just... <laughs> it's probably it's probably better, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just I, I like the consistency of doing it every day, same. But I just I already know there's good, like we well, when the season play. starts, it's going to change anyway. Probably you're, you're not. We're Spoiler alert, but um, yeah. So we'll record this. <laughs> or we're just going to release this on Thursday. Disregard everything I said about this being out of date because we could not. The have only found way a it's going to be professional way yeah. to handle this. <laughs> when have we ever been professional? Yeah, it's very the the thing is now like it's only going to be out of date or out of like it's it's only going to be wrong if more stuff comes out on Wednesday night and Thursday morning before this goes out but which we've been recording for less than 10 minutes and already like Oklahoma State's attacking so I'm yeah. sure but whatever Wait, whatever but, yeah okay so just to wrap this up again <laughs> this is all going crazy everything's going crazy our podcast is in shambles now and yeah we're going to get into some overs and unders for UCF's 2021 <laughs> season Can't because wait. that is what should be on our minds right now not this, this, I'm saying all this stuff should have happened in, like, March. Yeah, but why not literally, like, when we're a couple weeks from falling? Not like when media days are going away. Is SEC media days over? Was today the last day? Today was the last day. Oh, man. Now I wanted, like, tomorrow to be the last day just so that this is hanging over SEC media every coach. SEC media days was like, and for our finale, <laughs> yeah. we're rating the Big 12. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, we'll go ahead. We'll jump into these overs and unders. And the way this is going to work is we have some, some different categories, some fun ones in here, too. And we've kind of... I mean, in an informed way, but also kind of arbitrarily set some overs and unders here. These aren't like Vegas. You, you odds pretty much or, set all of them, I think. Well, right? I I conferred with you. I on consulted some of them. on a couple. Yeah, but this isn't like I'm not trying to say this coming from Vegas or anything. Like right. this is all stuff that we've come up with. But really, we'll go, Vegas isn't setting odds on UCF's uniform <laughs> totals. That's, that's well, we'll get one. we'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, we'll start with an easy one, and you're going to give your over and under. I'm going to give mine. Whatever. We've set the over and under. For UCF's wins in 2021, including the postseason, at 10.5. So we've both gone on record of saying we think they're going to go 10-2 in the regular season, but are you taking the over or under here? You put me in a tough spot with the including the postseason. That's that's why, because if, if I just said wins like in the regular season, this wouldn't have been a category, because everybody knows what we've predicted. I think, I'm well, I don't think I've decided. I'm going to go with the over, and okay. I don't feel super great about it. I feel like it could very easily be the under. And my reasoning was that we're operating on the assumption that UCF is going to be in the conference title game. That feels to be what most people are doing. So I'm looking, and if I expect them to be 10 and 2, then that's two opportunities in the postseason to win a game. Yep. So presumably they should win one of those. So, but I just like, I'm sticking with the over, but I just don't feel good about it. Because I guess what I'm realizing as we get close to the season, and like, sorry, UCF fans, 
I don't think I expect UCF to be in the conference title game. I, they, they don't have an easy schedule. They're, like, I, I looked at Houston's schedule. If Houston is, like... 70% of a good of a good of like a good Houston, they'll be in the conference title game. I mean, they just have a breeze of a schedule. You want to hear Houston's conference schedule? Sure. They go Navy at Tulsa, at Tulane, East Carolina, SMU, at South Florida, at Temple, Memphis. They could lose a few games in there. They have no road game of consequence. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's this is fascinating to me because as you were talking, I was like, "Oh, that's the same exact thought process I had." And then you started saying more things, and I was like, wait, no, we completely disagree. <laughs> so I'm also taking the over, and I do feel good about it. And as we get closer to the season, I'm feeling better and better about like the chances that UCF will be in the conference title game. I almost, so said, I almost said the national title game. The national title um, game. In the conference title game. And like you said, yeah, if they get there and they're 10-2, and two, they've got, you've, you've got the conference title game or the bowl game to get that 11th win. And yeah, for some reason, I'm just as we get closer to the season, I'm thinking... 11 wins is a is a good possibility and so I'll take the over here but yeah I don't know I feel better about it than you do very clearly but I I just like I, they totally could like I like I hope that they are in the conference title game obviously and it's not something where I'm like that's an unattainable goal but like because the AAC doesn't have divisions anymore you basically I mean they have room to lose one game one conference game yeah. So that I and like there are like I'm looking at conference games they could lose. I don't think they could lose at Navy. I don't think they can lose to East Carolina at home. They can lose at Cincinnati. They can lose to Memphis. They can lose to Tulane. They can lose at SMU. I mean, and you have one. You have one. You get to I still lose think once. One of those things is not like the other. Tulane. Yeah. You just I, mixed in too. I am. I am like. If we live in a world where Tulane is bad and Desmond Ritter is good, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself because <laughs> that's like so much of my. Prediction. You might have to delete your Twitter. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. It's not funny, but it's it's good that you bring up Houston. You bring up some of these other teams because as I was just kind of like looking at the AAC landscape, and we probably I think we're going to get into this coming up in the coming weeks. We'll do an AAC preview, but I don't think there's a, a team like that close to being the second best team other than UCF. SMU. Yeah, SMU is really good. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think I think we go into the season with UCF being. I'd say the clear-cut number two team in the in the conference, and with possibly, going into the season, yeah, with, yeah, the, with the chance, it, it never with the works out the way you yeah. expect it to. With a chance to take over number one, though, that's that's the way I feel. That's about where it. we disagree. I do think that UCF's still pretty firmly behind Cincinnati. Cincinnati was good last year, even though they were definitely probably the worst of the New Year's Six teams of the AAC. They do bring back everybody. Like, yeah. like let me ask you a question: Like, how many? There are eleven AAC teams. How many of them could realistically play for the conference title this season? Cincinnati, four, UCF. Five. You only think four? four Cincinnati, UCF, SMU, Houston, Memphis. You're not going to agree with it, it, but Tulane. It, I, mean, I feel like t- I'm going to reverse course on what I said. I think Tulane has a better chance than Memphis this year. I'd agree with that. Because I think Memphis has lost a lot. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Memphis has lost a lot, but they're still, they got. I mean, yeah. they've been good for a very long time. They've yeah. got a solid foundation. I'm just saying, I, it's, I think it's a more wide open conference than we're giving it credit for being this year. Yeah. I still will take the over, though, on the wins. No, I'm, like I said, I took yeah. the over. I yeah. took the over. I just you feel very confident about it, and I'm like, I, I'm more like, well, this is as we're talking me. through this. Like you're making me not confident about it, and I have that effect. You're making people. me realize that like I'm absolutely setting myself up for disappointment. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Did you know that if UCF? I know you know because I told you already, but I'm gonna tell <laughs> the audience now. Did you know that if UCF does not win the conference t- championship this year, it'll be their longest conference title drought in history since they won their first title. What? Yeah. I'm acting like you I didn't know. tell me that already. Because they won in 07, then they won in 2010, 
Then they won in 2013, then 2014, then 17, 18. They've never gone three full seasons without a conference title. See, it can't happen now. You can't let that. You can't be the team that lets that happen now. That would that would be a rough conclusion to the Dylan Gabriel UCF legacy, in my opinion. Now he'd have to come back. Sure, he would. Sure. He's got unfinished business, and that would be the whole thing. He'd start selling some T-shirts that's unfinished business. He doesn't strike me as an unfinished business type of guy. He strikes me as a <laughs> you're telling me I can go in the first round type of guy, but that's well, just my take. We'll see. Um, speaking of Dylan Gabriel, we've got two two overs and unders um, set for him. First, we're going to go with passing yards, and I've set it at 3,750.5. Are yes. you taking the over or under? Under. Under? I'm taking the under. Why? Uh, I think UCF is going to have a more balanced offense this year. See, and I consider that. That would be the most passing yards he's ever had in a season, so I just don't see it happening. See, I considered that, but I also was like, oh yeah, he's going to have his best year yet. He's going to have his most passing yards yet. I... Don't want to say this as a prediction because I don't. I'm not. It's a prediction. Too confident. No, it's not. Okay. I'm just saying I would not be surprised if he broke the single season passing record for UCF. What is it? Do you know? If um, I thought I wrote it down, but I maybe didn't. Okay. Well, um, it was like <laughs> four thousand something by Mackenzie Milton. I think four thousand thirty-seven. I think in 2017 by Mackenzie Milton. Well, he had three thousand five hundred seventy last year. Yeah, and he was, he was games. on pace for for over four thousand. So last if you, ex- oh my god. If you extrapolate, that's not right. Yeah. Let me do the math again. That no, I, right. no, it's probably right because I did the same thing earlier, and I was like, "Wait." That's... So if you extrapolate that out to thirteen games, it's four thousand six hundred yards. Yeah, he was on that pace last year, so I'm saying, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a more balanced attack. I think we're going to see UCF run the ball a little more, but I still think that it's going to be set up in a way that Dylan Gabriel is able to have some pretty crazy numbers this season. Kind of wonder if I should, especially when you look at the now. opponents they're playing in some of those games. Yeah, I guess, actually, I should have kind of considered, too, that there's probably going to be some of those games that he's out of by, like, the third quarter. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. But, but like, Bethune and, and UConn Yeah, but that happened this past year. He was out for a lot of games by the fourth quarter. Was and, he? I mean, yeah, UCF had a, what, all the, the all their, all but all of their losses were blowouts. All their wins were blowouts, you mean? Oh, that's, I can't believe I just, <laughs> instead of all of their wins, I said all of, all but of, all of their losses. All of their losses. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. I, listen, the problem is the 10-game season, because if he was coming into this season having put up 4,600 yards last year, there's no way anyone would be taking the under on 3,700. Yeah. No, no, no one would be calling for a 1,000-yard drop-off. So that's now, even though it's a very different offense. So now I'm kind of a little more curious. Yeah, so that's the thing, too, is I still, like, I could see him breaking the record and going over 4,000, but really, to hit the over, he only has to go, like, 3,800, and I think that's attainable. Yeah, I, it just depends. It depends on a lot of things. It really does. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. That's that's a good. That's a good. Uh, yeah, that's a good over under because it's it's tough. It's fun. But I'm sticking with the under. Okay. Since I said it. Well, that's the first. Well, that's the, of the two. That's the first one we've differed on. But I don't think it'll be the last. Um, Even though it kind of feels like we differed on the first one. <laughs> yeah. We just we took the same thing in the first one, but completely like have different opinions, Pretty much. like different thoughts on why we went that way, which makes it more fun. Um, the second or the third one total touchdowns for Dylan Gabriel in 2021 set at 34 and a half. I took the over. Me too. So my main re- I now I know what your guys I know you guys are thinking Christian. You just said that the offense is going to be more balanced, and while that is true, I also think that UCF is going to have more plays in the red zone now than running it up the middle, and, and I they'll think, be more successful. Yeah, so they'll be more successful. In the <laughs> so red zone. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to get some touchdowns that way. I think like was there such a thing with Dylan Gabriel as like a five or six yard touchdown pass, or even I, like a fifteen yard touchdown pass? I feel like it was always just bombs down I the field. I can't think of one. Yeah, like I really can't. I'm sure there were. There probably were. I can't like, think of any. I think like, there was one against Georgia Tech, but like 
it seemed like the vast majority of the time once UCF got in the red zone, they either A, just weren't really sure what to do with themselves, or B, would just be like, Otis, you're up, and just run like, up the middle. They would get to like the 15-yard line, and they're like, wait, we can't throw a 30-yard like fly <laughs> route. What do we do? They, but that's like, seriously what would happen. They would literally just break. So yeah. I think that he'll I think he'll make up for the difference in having fewer yards, but still having more touchdowns that way. Well, yeah, I mean, because in 2019, as, as a freshman, he had 33 total touchdowns. I think he had... 29 passing touchdowns and four rushing touchdowns, yeah. if I'm remembering right. Yep. And then in 2020, again, a shortened season, he had 34 touchdowns. Which, which he had 29, I know it's different coaching stuff, but he had 29 passing touchdowns in 2019 while, like, being incapable of playing in half their games because on the road he just could not function. So <laughs> That's true. I, and then last year in a shortened season, he had 34 total touchdowns. I think 32 passing and two rushing. Which that would extrapolate over a 13-game season to 44 touchdowns. Is he going to Heisman this year? Uh, no, Sam, Sam Howell's got that locked up. Well, no, I think JT Daniels, right, is the... <laughs> JT Daniels is the Heisman favorite, apparently? Yeah, that was surprising to me. Uh, Everyone knows it's going to be Ritter. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, I took the over. Until it real touchdown. Are you just going to stop talking after that and expect me to be able to say things through, like, my <laughs> laughter? Because that's just... That would be... Oh, okay. If, if he won the Heisman this year, I... He, you, you, not, no, no, no okay, you would literally... You would have to delete your Twitter. No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. Unless you just... I don't know. I guess you'd probably they, enjoy it. You'd probably enjoy it. Like, if he won the Heisman, I would find a way to explain why he, he's not. <laughs> like, I, I would make it work. That's bias. Cincinnati bias. They would never give the Heisman to a he, Okay, player. I will say something right now. If, no, no. And I'm going to say this right now because it's, it's just not a chance come up possible. with this podcast? Okay. If, do, do you remember that tweet of that guy from not too long ago who, like, he lost his fantasy football league so he had to sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours? <laughs> Yeah. And he could get out of the Waffle House an hour early for every full waffle he ate. So he had being there for like 16 hours. I will do that if Desmond Ritter is a Heisman finalist. If he's a finalist? If he's a Heisman finalist. Or not a finalist. No, no, no. Not even a finalist. Not even a finalist. If he's top 10 in Heisman vote getting. Top 10? Top 10. So you want to do this then because I could see that. There's no way. You don't think he's even top 10? No. The second Cincinnati loses a game, no one's going to care about him. I mean, this is this is your bet. I remember the start out. If Desmond Ritter... Is top ten in Heisman voting? I will sit in a Waffle House for twenty four hours. Oh, I kind of now. I kind of want him to be a top. Now 10. you're rooting for Desmond. I, I, I might. The, be. the second they lose to Indiana or Notre Dame, no one's gonna care about Desmond. He's not the reason they're good anyway. <laughs> How does he always become like the main topic on this podcast? I'm just saying, he's not very good. My dad wants you to fight him. Um, <laughs> I saw, I saw that text. <laughs> um, all right, we'll go ahead and move on, and I don't maybe somehow incorporate Desmond Ritter into this next one too. Um, actually, we will points per game thirty seven and a half over under under under. Mm-hmm. Okay, what did For I take? Reasons I stated on the last podcast. This is true because last year they were at forty two point two. That was good for eighth in the country. Yep. I'm still taking the over, but not like they're not going to. I don't think they're going to get over forty, but over thirty seven and a half. You know who averaged thirty seven and a half points last year? Cincinnati. Cincinnati did. Oh, God. And they were 17th in the country. And I could still see UCF being, like, top 20 in the country in, in points per game. So I'm going to go ahead. Knowing, There's just so much talent. If I knew that, I would have smashed the over. <laughs> if I'd known that. There's so this. much talent on UCF's offense. And, yes, it's a new system. Yes, new coaching staff completely. And it, maybe it's going to take some time. We'll see what happens. But I just think... I think this is a team, this is an offense capable of scoring 38, 39 yeah, points per game. It's like, a, it's basically... Especially, yeah, again, I, with the schedule yeah, factored in, too. Right. I mean, I said this on the last podcast, basically, but I just think, like, you looked at Malzahn's Auburn teams, and they blow teams out by about as many points as UCF does, but they do it in a different way. It's more like yeah. 38 to 13 type of games versus, like, 48 to 28 type of games. So, like, I just expect to see more of that. I think... Especially assuming... And I think it's worth it, in my opinion, because we saw with Hypo, like, 
it's really cool to have a top five offense, but it's less cool when like your defensive players are actually like like dying from lack of oxygen on the field. That's what I'm curious about. I just want to know because like obviously it's not going to be the same tempo. So are we going to see like more sustained drives rather than like the two minute scoring drives? And if that's the case, that's going to be where like you see fewer points scored because you're taking more chunks out of the clock. Obviously, I mean, I think UCF. I mean, there's still going to be tempo. No one, no one's yeah. not expecting. No, yeah, there's still going to be a very fast team. But like, I feel like people have forgotten in the last few years. Like, Hypo was way faster than Frost. Like, Frost's offense was a slower offense. I think we're going to see closer to a Frost offense, which is fine. Yeah, UCF won every game they played. Yeah, with that offense, remember, so it's okay. Do you remember like when he first got here and everyone was just like trying to adjust to how quick the offense was and like. Even like on ESPN, they're trying to show replays and between plays. Like, no, you can't do that. Literally and, up until and about halfway. Was even worse. Yeah, literally up until about halfway through 2017, you would miss every other UCF play because the broadcast didn't understand and we were showing a replay. <laughs> and then Hypo just took it to another level. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think this is probably not a confident over for me, but I don't know the the fact that Cincinnati scored 37 and a half per game last year. I was like, I think this UCF offense could hit that same pace. If I had known that. Yeah totally would have been a different decision but i didn't so i stuck with the under all right well we'll flip to the other side of the ball points per game allowed i said it at 28 and a half i took the under and i actually felt that was a pretty high set. yeah so and you don't know why i said it at 28 and yeah, a half because that was around curious. like the middle of the country last year okay that's fair. so like texas was 61st in the country allowing 28.5 points per game and so, like, it's kind of, do you think UCF Future will have... Future SEC members? Do you think UCF will have an average defense this year? And I think that that's kind of where I think it probably is a weird one to set it at. I, I also I, took the under. I, think, I don't think UCF's going to have an average offense there. I think UCF, or an average defense this year. I think UCF's going to have a very good defense yeah. this year. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think they're going to be very improved. So last year, what, did they allow 33 33, I think, yeah, 33 or 34. So, I mean, to go down to 27 really is not, like, a drastic jump, but I think they could actually make a more drastic jump than that. Absolutely. The problem is that it's, I feel like it's, like, a misappropriation of what happened, to look at it, like, from where they were last year, because last year they basically just didn't have a starting defense. This is fair. And now you've got a lot of guys who got a lot of reps and a lot of experience from last year, combined with some very, very high-profile transfers, combined with probably your best defensive player who didn't play last year. Yeah. So in Kalia Davis. So I think I think that I mean I would I would predict like I'm gonna say right now and I could be horribly wrong. I'm gonna predict they're gonna allow like 20, 21 points a game. That's kind of the range I was thinking of. And that's the really again the only reason I set it at twenty eight and a half was partly because that was like the average, like the middle of the road last year for twenty twenty. And also because I wanted to like kind of just have this conversation of like I think they're gonna have a really good defense. Yeah, I agree. No, I th- I was yeah I was a little surprised that that one was that was the easiest choice for me on this whole list. Uh, That's not true. There was one that was easier. Okay, but, interesting. I think yeah, I think I know what it was. I don't think you do, but we'll see. Okay, well we'll go ahead and move on. I again to be clear, I took the under as well. Um, the next one is new uniform combos worn. Oh yeah. And you helped me set this one at three and a half. Yes, I did. Um, I'm well. First off, I want to clarify. Because we had a bit of a confusion. So by new uniform combos, we mean a new combo is in a helmet, jersey, yeah, and pants just combination. Straight up, they have not worn. the color, yeah, color helmet, jersey, pants don't factor in the decal because yeah. every because they do lots of stuff with decals. Yeah. I mean, they wear like a, a unique look and typically. Yeah, everybody. I meant to bring that up. I'm glad you so put that um, caveat in there. It's naturally been declining by year. Okay. Well, because yeah. they've been wearing, you know, they've right. had these uniforms since. For, this is going to be their sixth season, right? Yes. Yeah, their sixth season with these uniforms. So they, in 2018, they wore eight new combos. 2019, they wore six more. In 2020, they wore four more. 
Four, there was like some COVID stuff with a shortened season and everything, so that one's a little yeah. misleading. But so I took the over. The over. Yeah, I took the over on three and a half. Because I can think of combos that I know I want them to wear. Like, I want them to wear Peter Black Black, which they haven't worn, worn before. They haven't done Black White White, which I'd like to see. They haven't done Peter White White. There are still, like, and one, and, like, all right, here's the way you look at it. Three and a half, right? So, you're getting one with whatever the space uniform is. So, then I'm basically just betting, are they going to wear, are they going to wear two new combos? And the answer is yes. I didn't factor that in at all. I'm guessing you took the under. I did take the under, and mm. more so because... As we've made clear through the Drip U quiz sessions, I don't know nearly as much about UCF's uniforms as you do. So I like when I think of like what there's left for them to wear, I'm not thinking like, oh, there's probably not, there's probably not a ton left. Like, and if there is, it's going to be stuff that like if they wear them, it's just like, oh, we want to wear it because it's for the sake of being another new combo. Which they haven't really done much of that. Like only yeah, there. I feel like there's been some games where I was like, ah, like all right, because like, every. I'm you know, curious the, what your example is. Well, I don't know if I have an example. That's okay. the thing. I just remember like there would be a bunch of tweets for um, when the UCF equipment tweet went out on Thursday. And be like, oh, new combo alert! And I was like, oh, okay, like it's nothing like the, extravagant. I actually or felt they were worse about that in 2016 than they 2016. have been in recent years. There were a couple in 2016 that I was like, you were just. Just playing around with it. Very specifically, <laughs> the military combo for that year that was gold helmet, anthracite jersey, black pants. Like yeah, that, that, was that, that was a real like. We're was that just the lowest? Was that the lowest on your uniform ranking? That was dead last. Okay, yeah, that was horrible. So. That was really really bad. Yeah, that's a which it's it's like literally like that is in my opinion there are only two combos since 2016 that UCF has looked certifiably certifiably <laughs> bad in, and it was that, and it was the combo Milton got hurt in, which yeah, was Peter was Peter helmet, white jersey, black pants, and that was mostly the decal setup was really weird. It was a chrome gold sword stripe. Then a white UCF logo on one side, and then the player state on the other and side. And the logo was but it so was small, right? Tiny. Yeah. It was like I saw it was like a picture size. of that the other day on Twitter, and I was like, I forgot how small that decal was. It was really the decals more than anything that brought that one. But either way, yeah, I'm, like I said, so basically, I'm guessing that yes, there will be a space combo and at least two other new combos. That's the problem. I didn't I didn't incorporate the space combo into this. Yeah. So well, that's an, a huge issue. You messed up. So yeah, I messed up. I it's took a good the thing under, we're really gambling on this. Yeah, I took the under, but what whatever. I I meant to take the over. Let's just say that. If I, if I would have thought it three or more, I would have taken the over. Um, but I guess no take backs. Um, the next one, sellouts at the bounce house. That one is also set at three and a half. This was the easiest one for me. Was it? Yes. Okay. Under. Okay, I also took the under. Yeah, I don't. there's no way they get over that. Just, I, yeah. I mean, cause I know you, we've talked about in the past and you're not sure they're going to even sell out for Boise State. I don't think they are. I, don't I, they are. I don't know. I still want to say, like, I'm still leaning that they will eventually. They're going to get there. But even if they do, I don't think they're gonna. You know, I don't think they're gonna hit four sellouts. No, I'm, I'm I, looking at the schedule. and I'm like, he, what could what games could they possibly sell out? I'm, I put Boise State, possibly Memphis, which I'm not confident about at all. Maybe the USF game, and then if they got to the AAC championship game and hosted it, then yeah. there's your fourth maybe. But that that would also if that one was gonna be the fourth, that would require you to also sell out the first three. So I'm gonna, I don't I'm think, gonna predict right now that USF is gonna be the only sellout of the year. Okay, and sure. I don't think that's like like I don't want like they don't sit like UCF gets really good crowds to games but like that's a sellout's tough yeah. like I looked it up in, in 2017 they had one sellout which was the USF game which uh, which part Did of that was like the Memphis game the it was like 42,000 which is really good crowd it's just not a sellout yeah and a part of that was I don't think Memphis used all their tickets but anyway and the other thing is like 2017 was weird because the Austin P game got added late and then the UConn game got rescheduled so those were kind of both yeah. But, then in 2018, they had five sellouts, which is really yeah, good. Really? Yeah. 
And 2019, which was still 2019, was a great year for attendance. They had 40,000 plus every year. They still only had two sellouts. Like, I think a sellout is a really high bar. Uh, it was USF and Stanford. Okay, that's what I thought it would be. So I, th- I think that their one sellout this year will be USF. I hope our, I'm not saying that the Boise crowd, like, I think the no, Boise it's, crowd. It's obviously, I mean, they're already at 96% of yeah. tickets sold. So yeah, it's still obviously already, already a very good crowd. I'm expecting 40,000 plus people at every game. I think Boise, yeah. it'll be like maybe 41, 42,000. You think it'll be more than 40,000 at Bethune and UConn? Um, I think that it will be okay. I'm sorry for the this, there. We're in a we're in a bedroom in my house, and there's a window, and we have a bird feeder on the window, and there's a squirrel trying to. We, we're like it's like 15 feet off the ground. There's a squirrel trying to get in the bird feeder, so that was just <laughs> distracting for us for a second. I wonder if they could hear that in the background. It's like just the the, the, scree- the yeah, screeching. Yeah, it does that all day. Yeah, it comes up nonstop. But anyway, I have no idea what I was talking about. Sellouts. That's right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I think UCF will have like I I think they'll have good crowds. I think they'll have really good crowds. I just it's hard to sell at your stadium. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good year for attendance. Obviously, it's gonna be a lot better than last year. It has to be because you know fans are gonna be back and everything. But yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to get to that sellout mark um, that frequently, especially like yeah. I mean, there's games in there that like I mean they have six home the games, average right? fan or seven seven right. I'm gonna try not to remember all these off the top of my head, aren't I? I'm pulling. I'm pulling so Boise on. State, obviously, Bethune, Cookman, yep. ECU, mm-hmm. Memphis, um, the USF game. That's five. Tulane um, and UConn. Tulane and UConn. They have seven. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to go game by game. Boise State. I just, just because of, I also just where we're at. Like, not to make this a political podcast, but like COVID is getting worse again, and I wonder if that's going to cause people to hesitate come September to go out to that game. Yeah. I think that's going to play a role. I, Bethune-Cookman, I don't... You're not going to sell at an FCS game. I don't think they're going to sell at East Carolina. Memphis, they could if Memphis is good. Yeah. Same goes for Tulane. But then again, I, mean, I was thinking in my brain, I was like, oh, it's a Friday night game. Like, I think Friday night games have a little bit more hype around them. And like, I agree with They're going to want to get a huge crowd at that game and try to sell it out, but it's still a Friday night. And yeah, and, and again, none of these games night, am I like, there's going to be 35,000 people. Yeah, I, I, but I just I think like to get I mean their their capacity is forty four thousand two hundred six, so you gotta have to be at that or over that. Yeah, and I think I don't think they're gonna do that four times. Yeah, so I also took the under. I just don't think, and I think they could do it maybe once or twice, but they're not gonna hit four. Um, I agree. It's the next one. The next one was interesting to me because we it was wins over top twenty five teams. Yep. And we set it at one and a half. I have a clarifying question for this. Okay. Top 25 as in a team that is ranked at the time UCF plays them, or top 25 as in they're in the final eight people? Oh, that's tough. I didn't think about it. I didn't really consider yeah. I was thinking... Because those are I, two very good When I did questions. this, I was thinking at the time UCF plays them. Okay. So I hate go going by go I that. hate going by that because that means nothing. Like, yeah. that's like Alabama claims their top five win over seven and six Florida State for a yeah. full season. But fine, we can go by that for this. Okay. Under. Yeah, I also said under. Yeah. Even I think even if we went the other way, I think I might still take an under. I think it's under no matter what. I don't think they're going to play more than two teams that will be in the top 25. Boise State and Cincinnati are the yeah. only ones I even thought. And I think if if Memphis is good, then maybe. But I don't think like I don't think, I don't think Mem- to Memphis doesn't have top ranked. 25 yeah. potential this I don't year, in think, my opinion. So I, it's, I think there's only the two possibilities of Boise State and Cincinnati. And it just comes down to whether or not you think they're going to win both of those games. And I think they could beat Cincinnati. And I'm, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they did. But I'm predicting that game as a loss, so I had to take the under. Did you know that UCF has not beaten a top 25 team since 2018? That, yeah, it follows, I think. Yeah, two whole years of that one. Did they, but did, how many chances have they had to play top 25 uh, teams? Well, but going by which spot, way? Going by at the time of matchup? I guess either way. 
Either way, they've had three opportunities. Really? And I can't. top 25 at the time of matchup, they've had two opportunities. Both of them are Cincinnati, I'm assuming. So, this freaking squirrel. The squirrel man. got into the field. Hold on, I gotta chase that here. Oh, there it goes. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm back. But both yeah. of them were Cincinnati, right? Well, two, no, so, no. well, there are three. If yeah, no, but I'm saying if the, of the two, or two of the three were Cincinnati, right? So, Cincinnati was not ranked when UCF played them in 2019, but got ranked off of beating UCF. I completely forgot that was the case. Yeah, I was so was that's one. And then the two that were ranked at the time were both this season, and it was Cincinnati and BYU. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah, BYU. I didn't even consider BYU. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That's, yep. that's weird, though. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to get a chance to play. Well, I guess it'll be Cincinnati. Well, Do you know who their last top 25 win was? 2018, you said? Yep. That would have been... Memphis wasn't in the top 25, were they? They were not. They went 8-6 um, and six that year. Interesting record, 8-6. and six. Oh, that's a weird record. I can't remember who the top... Was it... Mm, FAU. No. FAU has never finished in the top 25 in their oh, entire Oh, finished? Oh, we're going by that. Or either way. They've never been ranked at any okay. point. Really? Um, no. Never. Oh, interesting. So, it was Cincinnati. Oh, college, college game, game day. day. That makes yeah, sense. That was, that was the last time you see. I was thinking of the games like late in 2018, and I was like, I can't remember any. I was like, it was like USF, Navy. I skipped right over like Which, one of the most fun what, games. I've what ever would been. your reaction have been if the night of that game is UCF wins? I would tell you, you just saw UCF's last top 25 win until at least 2021. I'd be like, that's no, you're wrong. Uh, that's you're wrong, right? You'd yeah. be like, there's absolutely no way. Yeah, that's it's weird. I don't know. I don't even know because say Cincinnati drops. One or I mean, so, so just say worst case scenario for them, they drop both Indiana and Notre Dame. They're not gonna be ranked. Yeah, they won't be ranked when UCF plays them. And Boise State's not gonna be ranked when UCF plays. Yeah, them. so that's possibility where they go a whole season without playing. Anybody. But I think I I would be very surprised if Boise State's not in the top twenty five by the end of the season. Because I'd say the same thing with Cincinnati, game. even if they lose both of those two games. Because yeah, if fair. they go on and finish ten and two, eleven and two, they're gonna finish. The, the only game. other opportunity I would say is SMU. Yeah, I just can't see it. I mean, I think they're gonna be very good. I just can't. I don't know. I don't see them. You want to run through SMU schedule really quick and give me your give me your takes? Yeah, sure. Okay. Abilene Christian. When? North Texas. When? At Louisiana Tech. When? At TCU. I don't know how TCU is gonna be this year. I... They're supposed to be better, but I don't think they're supposed to be like top tier Big Twelve or anything. Let's just say when. Okay, but that's four zero. South Florida. When? At Navy. When? Well, you don't. You have the team you don't believe in. It's seven zero. Um, I didn't say I didn't believe them. I just don't yeah. know that they're going to get into the top twenty. Because even if you if they go seven and zero, I guess they would get ranked like twenty five. But I don't I don't know. It's not it's not an impressive seven and zero to the wider landscape now, of college football. Do you not forget that they got up to number fifteen in twenty nineteen? I still don't know how. Because they, they won a lot of games. Yeah, but who like who? They started they, that year eight and zero. They won at TCU, okay. and then they had that was Memphis's college game day game. Game day game. Weird to think about. SMU was the higher rate. Memphis was 24th in that game, and SMU was 15th. Ah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they could be at the time. Yeah, because I guess they don't really have a tough schedule. No. Leading up to the UCF game, it doesn't sound like they have anybody. The only team of consequence they play before UCF is Memphis. Maybe. And and maybe Houston, depending on where you're Oh, so maybe TCU, but maybe not. I guess not. I'm taking them in that TCU game. I mean, I would too. I'm just saying yeah. there's a possibility that TCU. Could so, but even okay. So even if they drop one of those, if if they're eight and one going to UCF game, they're gonna be ranked at eight and one. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess, actually, now that I look at SMU, might be their best chance because Cincinnati, even if they end up ranked, is they they're playing Indiana and Notre Dame before UCF, so they could. I mean, depending on what happens, those games. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it could happen. I still I, of all those, they'll play maybe those three top twenty-five games at the most, but I don't know that they'll. 
get above. I don't want to get two wins out of them. So yeah, because I think I did. I for you saying that I don't believe in SMU. I'd said they were going to lose that game. Yeah, that's right. I you did, did my I win, about my that. game by game thing. Um, but yeah, okay. So we both took the under there, and we got two left. We got the second to last one. We got double digit wins, and we set it at seven and a half. And do you want me to go first? You're looking at me like you want me to go first. I, you, I don't care. Sure, I'll go first this time. Uh, I took the over because really, yeah, because UCF just a lot of times doesn't. They don't win games unless it's like by a lot of points. It's true. And that's uh, so at least under Heupel. Yeah, I mean, nine out of the ten wins in 2019 were double digit wins, and then all six of them were in 2020. And then again, if you look at the schedule, I think there's more than. Yeah. So let's do it this way then. Let's look at the schedule. You okay. tell, I'm gonna go game to game. You tell me if this is a double digit win. Yeah. Boise State. I don't think so, but it could. Yeah, it could be. It could. It could be. be like a ten point win. Yeah. Uh, Bethune Cookman. Yeah, obviously. Okay, at Louisville. I think it could be. So we say yes. Yeah, I'm saying yes. Okay, at Navy. Yes. East Carolina. Yep. Cincinnati. No. Memphis. No, but it could be. Okay, at Temple. Yes. Tulane. Yes. At SMU. No, because I said they were going to lose. UConn. Yes. South Florida. Yes. So you've got them at eight. So you've got them so got, just yeah. squeaking. <laughs> got it over. We hit the over. Yeah, and like I said, there was a couple in there. I think I said no that could have been. So I just think. You also said some that could not be. Yeah. In my opinion, I guess so. so. But this is what we're doing this for, I guess. It's true. So what did you take? Did you take the over under? I took the over. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with you for all that. Oh. I, 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 was looking, <laughs> I was looking at there. So in 2017, they had eight double-digit wins. This was the wildest one to me, 11 double-digit wins in 2018. That doesn't really surprise me. It was The only games that weren't double-digit wins were the one-point win at Memphis and then the loss to LSU. Yeah. That team might have been better than 2017. Like, if they won against LSU, that it's team funny. might be remembered oh. as the better team. Yeah. It's just funny, though, because they – it wasn't as memorable. And I think obviously it, because they were just ripping everyone to yeah. shreds. I but mean, I'm just thinking because yeah, because the games that they played at the end of 2017 is what makes that 2017 team. Yeah, and of course the fact they went undefeated national championship. Everything. But I, that season's a lot more memorable if they win at LSU. Like the game day game is. It wasn't a yeah. particularly good game, but it was still a huge moment. Yeah. If Milton doesn't get hurt, I do think that that team is considered the greatest UCF team of all time. In yeah, because I think they go undefeated. Absolutely. Yeah, the only so, yeah, the only one that you're not sure you about is LSU. What do you look at the 2017 team, team 2017 team that went undefeated and squeaked by some teams late, or a 2018 team that destroyed everyone and finished undefeated? Also, which that being said, 2017 did have a tougher schedule. There's no yeah. way around yeah, that. Yeah. They played four top 25 teams and beat them all. The 2018 team, even if they beat LSU, they still have only played two top 25 teams. But I, I, yeah, that's it's just they. It was they were just like just they just didn't play competitive games that year. It yeah, was, it was crazy. They just crushed everybody. Twenty nineteen, even which we which some fans falsely label as a mediocre year, even though UCF was in the top twenty five, nine double digit wins that year. Yeah, and even twenty twenty, which was actually a mediocre year, they still have won six games. By the the one, the one, not like the one win that wasn't a double digit win in twenty nineteen. You remember it? I'm just assuming you probably wrote it down. In twenty nineteen, yeah. Well, there were a few. There were nine. Yeah, nine out of the ten wins. Oh, it was Tulane. Yeah, yeah. Which I just because I don't, I didn't. Which should have been a double digit win. Yeah, and then I Tulane scored a garbage time game. touchdown to make it a. Yeah, I just because looking back, I was going to say it was like thirty four thirty one in that game. Like it, it was so. It misleading. didn't feel like, like it was that. not. Yeah. It was really wasn't close at any point. But yeah, and I know it's a new coaching staff now, and but like I just I don't think there's and this is going to sound incredibly cocky, so bear with me. I don't think there's a ton of teams on UCF schedule that are capable of staying within single digits at UCF. No, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's. I think like, most of the AAC, AAC slate just straight up isn't. 
Yeah. I will see about Louisville. I'm starting to get nervous about that game because the more we've looked at Louisville last year, the more I'm wondering if they're actually better than people are realizing. Yeah. But, and I'm going to say it now so people can, you know, again, point out when I'm wrong. I think UCF's going to beat Boise State by double digits. I don't think they're going to crush it. I could see that. I'm thinking like, I don't know, about like 38-27, 35 I, Like literally, yeah. Like, like that, that feels like a 31-21 win to me. Like I, just something could, along those could lines. Could very well be. Because, I mean, I think as good as Boise State is, and I'm like not going to try to you know belittle them at all, but haven't they had some years in recent years where like they've kind of struggled to score points at times? Then they won yeah. a game like seven and nothing. Yeah, like fourteen they, seven. They beat 14, Marshall seven, fourteen to seven a couple yeah. years ago. They also don't like a lot of time, like not all the time, but they often fall flat out of conference. I don't know what that's about. Like yeah. they went in, they went to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, excuse me, a couple years back, and it was when they had a lot of hype because they just beaten up on UConn to start the year. It was 2018 because UCF played yeah. UConn too. Then they went and beat up on Troy, and that was when the whole Troy LSU thing was still in fairly recent memory. Then they went to then they went and played at Oklahoma State, and just got crushed. And no, Oklahoma State wasn't that good that year. I think they were like okay, but like I don't think UCF is capable of getting crushed by anything but like a top tier Power Five team at this point. Yeah, and BYU. <laughs> but again, BYU was a really good team that year. They were, yeah. So and UCF had no defense at that point of the season. This is so. also true. All right. Well, we've we've gotten to the last one, and it is UCF's finish in the AAC, which we've kind of alluded to here and there throughout this yep. podcast, and we set it at two. Two and a half, which means like, I'm trying to think of how to word this correctly. Whether or not you think they're going to finish second or higher or lower than second. Yeah, or, are they going to no, third yeah. or lower? Yeah. So go ahead. I took the under. The under. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, how? how wait. Ooh. Oh, we didn't oh. think about this. As in, like, they're going to okay. finish. Okay, I should, I should, I should have taken the over. I actually didn't I think about that. Is what I mean to say. Okay, but I think they're going to finish. I still don't know what you're talking about. Lower than second in the AAC. Okay, is what I'm taking. So then I said they're going to finish. Well, I think they're going to finish second, so that's. Okay. I still took the higher. Third. I don't know how to. Describe. I don't. Yeah, I did, I don't not, did not consider this. I, they're going to. I think they're going to finish lower than second. You think they're going to finish second? Yeah. Okay. You could totally be right, and like I said, I really hope you're right. I just, when it comes down to it, for me, I just like. I just think that's a lot to ask in a new in a, in a new coaching staff's first season. I could be wrong, but you've got me. You you've, know? you've got me nervous now. Well, I wouldn't say nervous, but like more apprehensive. Is that the word? Um, that's good. That's another word for nervous, I think. But uh, a little bit more cautious, I should say. Because, yeah, I guess when you really look at the grand scheme of things, and this is what we'll probably do when we get our AAC preview, but there are some other teams that – there are more teams than I thought that are capable of jumping up there this year. And that have easier paths. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't looked at schedules or anything yet. I mean, we're still six weeks out, as close as that is. Haven't done that. Um, but, yeah, I still, I still think – if I'm if I'm gonna make my prediction, I'd still think yeah they're gonna to get to the conference championship game, not necessarily win the conference championship game, but I'd say second or they could win the conference, but I don't know. Yeah, because that's the thing is like if you get to the conference championship game, having lost the first game to Cincinnati, I think it'd be very hard for Cincinnati to beat UCF a second time. Why are you so convinced that it's going to be Cincinnati in that conference championship game? I don't know because that's just the way everyone's looking at it. I guess. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I guess it could be. I guess it could be SMU. But what I'm thinking is, like, I'm, I mean, if, if you UCF, have not figured out, I'm extraordinarily high on SMU. Yeah, and it, but if you if UCF gets to that game and they're playing a team that they have previously lost to, I would say it's going to be very difficult for that team to beat UCF again. I agree. But then again, if they're playing a team that they got by earlier in the season, it's going to be difficult to win. It's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. Very hard. Which is why, like, we don't talk enough about how UCF beat that really good Memphis team four times in the four span times of, in two I don't years. know, like not even twenty four months, yeah. whatever. It was. Insane. Insane. Yeah, really difficult. And like, 
basically what I came down to is what this question was for me is, is UCF going to be 7-1 or better in the AAC this year? Because that's really what you need to be in the conference championship game. And I just my, like, don't my know if they're there. Game-by-game game predictions be, contradict that if we're yeah. going by that 7-1 mark because I said they were going to lose two conference Yeah, games. no divisions. They're not going to be in the conference championship game with two losses. There's no way. Unless it's just a really weird year for you. That's why I'm like, I, I don't know, maybe I, for my prediction to come true and still everything work out the way I've been saying, because it all doesn't really line up, but it would just have to be a weird year, which it could be. The other thing to think about is say that, yeah, it could be, like I said, I, like, I'm not saying like I'm sitting here like UCF is not going to play for a conference title. They yeah. could. I, I, like, I think I, I would put it at like 50-50, to be honest. And I don't think they're going to be worse than like third or fourth in the conference. Mm-hmm. But I just, they do have to have stuff break their way. I mean, they've got a tough conference slate. They have to play Cincinnati and Memphis in a six-day span. That sucks. Yeah. And then, was it two weeks after that, play SMU? Uh, no, SMU's, SMU's like pretty close to the end of the schedule, I think. I thought it was a couple... Maybe I'm, I'm misremembering it. Because I thought it was the two games... No, no, you're right. Yeah, SMU yeah. is... We uh, play Memphis on October 22nd, and then SMU's November 13th. So yeah. Yeah. They get Temple and Tulane in there, though. They should win both of those. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's it's a lot. A lot of it is, I think, myself getting closer and closer to the season. I'm getting more and more hyped up for the season. Like I said earlier, I'm absolutely setting myself up for disappointment. Yeah, you are. And if that disappointment comes, I'm you know I deserve it. If but, they are three and zero starting when they start conference play, yeah, I will feel way more confident than I do now. But okay. I, I think we're going to learn a lot about UCF. I mean, in that's those the thing, and that's games. I think I might be overconfident. I'm again setting myself up for this like big letdown. But I. I Pretty confident they're gonna be three and zero. Really? I did, yeah. Bethune's tough. No, I, 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 yeah, I will say I, that's the thing is like you, you and me, and it's just I think it's just our core personalities. As we're getting closer, you are getting more confident, and I am getting more scared. Like, I, <laughs> kind of, yeah, I mean that's literally that's with every day, with every passing day, I have less faith in UCF because I just that's just maybe that's my mental the, way we're of protecting still six myself. Six weeks away, and I'm talking all of this. Like, I think by the time we get to the season, I'm like, oh, they're going undefeated, and I'm gonna be like, I hope we get to a bowl. <laughs> that's, that's the the trajectory that we're on but oh, we'll uh we'll leave this conversation here and we'll jump into some football news as we're getting closer to the season um mentioned it last week but aaron evans former offensive lineman turned artist um was working on a mural inside the bounce house and that as like we i think we talked about it on thursday and then later that night uh it was finished and it's it looks great it's a space you themed um you know wall with with nitro some constellations a detail that i missed before was like sit, uh, like a little tiny citronaut on a rocket which is awesome. And then, obviously, the word Space U, uh, the phrase on there. Looks great. I'm Looks sure awesome. you've probably seen it at this point if you're listening to this podcast. But if you haven't, go check it out on Twitter. It's, it's amazing. Um, Dylan Gabriel was named to the watch list for both the Maxwell Award and the Davey O'Brien Award. So, um, but I mean, I'm not surprised by that either, I think. Yeah, no, that's I mean, great. It's That's uh, kind of follows from where the trajectory that he's been on. Um, it's Corso, nice to see the best, AA, yeah. best quarterback in the AAC getting some <laughs> national credit. It's funny that you had tweets about that because like, those came out on back-to-back days and you were just like you'd made the tweet the first day about oh like and also Desmond Ritter and then you did it again the second day and I was like oh my gosh I just, just would like to point out that the official Maxwell Award Twitter account retweeted that I just want to throw that out there that's that's a weird that's weird to me I agree it's very weird um Lee Corso visited campus this week pretty cool awesome um, can't wait to see him back on game day this year uh, UCF got a commitment from Lake Mary class of 2022 kicker Colton Boomer. And anytime you have the name, you know, Boomer is your last name, you're a kicker. Feels like a good thing. Um, four-star defensive lineman Caden Story, an Alabama recruit uh, from the state of Alabama, not an Alabama Crimson Tide recruit, from the state of Alabama. He's deciding on August 1st between UCF and Auburn. So 
pretty interesting for Malzahn uh, and his staff. They're already going head-to-head on a player for uh, in the final two for this four-star defensive lineman. And finally for football, the UCF-Florida series hasn't been officially announced by either school, but it's now been reported on nationally, and it's in the stages of being finalized. They, Dan maybe, Mullen's Dan also like talked about it, gone so. on the record about how excited he is. About how like he and Malzahn were like instrumental in getting that done. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's coming. I don't know when the official announcement is. I'm sure it'll be extravagant and, and huge. Um, so keep an eye out for that because I don't think it will be too far off um, you know, in the next coming, coming weeks. Um, three notable things from elsewhere around the kingdom. Men's basketball, uh, John Rothstein, who just breathes and sleeps college basketball year-round, <laughs> he published his AAC offseason breakdown uh, this past week and showed a lot of love to UCF. He picked UCF as his preseason sleeper in the conference and named Isaiah Adams as one of his breakout players. He also had UCF ranked fifth in the conference um, and on his list of um, five under-the-radar transfers. He had UNLV transfer Mbake Chong, um, and then also in his five impact freshmen, he named UCF's Darius Johnson among those five. So I, I think we've been kind of alluding to it throughout the, the summer because things have been going well for UCF basketball in terms of returning players and all that. But it should be a pretty fun year for, for Johnny Dawkins and his team. We're looking forward to that. Um, in men's golf news, former Knight Connor Arundel won the 75th Florida Open Championship this past weekend. He started Sunday in 10th place, four back of the leader, and then he shot a bogey-free nine under par on the final day to win first, and he took home a $15,000 check. Must be nice. Um, and finally, when the Olympics get underway, or as the Olympics get underway, UCF is pretty well represented. They have Aline Rice on the Brazil women's soccer uh, national team as an alternate, Kristen Thomas on the USA rugby team, Maddie Rogers for USA weightlifting, Phil Dalhauser for uh, USA beach volleyball, Kyle Kuhn as a USA paratriathlon athlete, and uh, Steve Anderson's a men's basketball referee, so they'll all be in Tokyo representing UCF on the big stage. And with that, Christian, we'll jump in quickly to the Drip U quiz sessions. I'm entering week eight at 10 and five with three losses pending. So I could very well be 10 and eight right now, but we don't know. Or you could be. Or I could be 13, 13 and, five, and five, but that's which, absolutely that's a not way better record. Um, I actually hope it doesn't for some of those combos. But, um, well, UCF just tweeted while we're doing this podcast that they now have made a TikTok. Yep. It's exciting. Interesting. So, in that TikTok, uh, the UCF player in it, who I don't know who it is. It's Jalen Robinson, isn't it? Is it? That's who I thought it was. Yeah. Wait until he takes off his helmet. That's the dead giveaway. Yeah, all right. Uh, he's wearing white, black, white. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. The first, has UCF ever worn that combo in a game? No. Okay. Well, you're wrong. Oh. So that's the first question wrong. That should make the second one fun. Uh, what game did UCF wear white, black, white in? White, black, white. White helmet, black jersey, white pants. Will you give me the year? Wait. Mm. I'm having trouble. I'm on like a, I'm on a terrible losing streak now. Do you want the year? Yeah, give me the year. 2016. 2016. That doesn't help me at all. Um, it was a home game. Okay. Cool. White black white so it wasn't sc state no it was not i'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going, going through i'm going through the schedule state. i'm trying to go through okay. the schedule um i don't remember who they played in the second game <laughs> oh michigan do you um, want me to give you the games should yeah. i help you that much? No, no, no 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 okay no. all right so michigan they didn't wear it against michigan that was black. what did they wear against michigan that was black white black right yeah 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 okay um and then maryland they didn't wear that. Wait. No, they didn't wear that against Maryland. I don't know. I can't think of anybody they played that year. I need the games, I think. All right, I'll give you the games. Okay. This feels like this should not count as a win at the, or as a 
It really probably shouldn't. I probably will still get it wrong. To be right. honest with so you. they played. You can name more than the two than the first two games. Well, I said three games. What was the Maryland three? was? The oh, third you said Maryland. Okay. Then they went FIU um, at FIU. Wait. Or it's a home okay, game. So let's give me a home game. Yeah, just give me a home game. Temple. So they wore the white. Uh, I don't know the helmet because that was the homecoming game. Yep. They wore the. I, I got that question already a couple weeks ago. Did they wear? I don't know what they wore that game though. No, that wasn't wasn't that. Game. Okay. Okay, keep going. Tulane. It was no. the famous three touchdowns no. by the defense game. It wasn't Tulane because I was supposed to be a blackout. Well, it wasn't supposed to be a blackout. Well, it was, it was a, blackout. a blackout. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati. Wait. Oh, it was Tulsa. It was Tulsa. You're right. The only home game I haven't named. Yeah, it yet. was Tulsa. It was Tulsa. All right. I'm, I'm, t- I'm kind of. I was like, they wore the same helmet they wore for the Temple game that year. And you're like, that helmet, what was the combo? And I'm like, well, it was white, black, white. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Here. I like how I got the game. I mean, after further review, I got the game. I don't know why I said no. Because there, there was one combo. What's the combo? What are the combos that you said you want to see them wear that they haven't worn? Because I, I want to wear Peter Black Black. Okay. I want to wear Black White White. Maybe I I'm thinking of Peter White White. I'm thinking of Black White White. I think because I was like, oh, there's one of them that's just like a Black and White combo that they haven't worn that you literally told me today. It's true. And it was that one. I so think I even funny. mentioned to you in text earlier today about them wearing White Black White again. Did you? I think so. I don't like... read your text. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'll take a split this se- this this season. <laughs> this, <laughs> I'll take a split this week. I'm eleven and six, and those three, I don't know, those three, I'm gonna end up getting wrong. But I just I need to get better. I, again, like I talked about last week. I, I thought need... this was a pretty easy one. I was surprised you got this wrong. I'm not honestly. Yeah. I, I'm. I think there's a lot going on in my brain right now. <laughs> and UCF uniforms aren't quite one of them. Um, oh, but <laughs> I mean, your brain is just like <laughs> that's all my brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, um, we're gonna get out of here, and we want to say thank you guys so much for listening. And as we're getting closer to the season, um, you know, tell your friends, tell other people, other UCF fans about this podcast. We'd love to keep building up a, a good listener base. But we want to thank you guys for listening. We'll be back again next week with episode twenty-eight. And until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams twenty-two at by C A Simmons and at Night Sports Now. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.